It is June the 9th and we are reading through the Bible. Our Old Testament reading is found in 2 Chronicles chapters 29, 30, and 31 today, which is about Hezekiah, who's one of the great kings of Judah. And there wasn't all that many, so this is good for us to pay very careful attention to the things that God loves about the work that Hezekiah did in bringing reform and restoration and a good word consecration to the people of Israel we say Israel but of Judah of course the southern kingdom of Benjamin and Judah this is a um, a great season because God is restoring and reforming the people in their devotion to the Lord consecration to be set apart for God and um, I should make it clear we're not some people talk about always reforming, and we should always be reforming. That doesn't mean progressing. That means always getting back to making sure that we're calibrating our lives, our thoughts, our behavior, our actions, um, the patterns of our life to the scripture. And so we always need to be going back and making sure that we're doing what the Bible says, which is, of course, what happens here in Second Chronicles 29. And chapter 30, I love the fact that he's spreading far and wide the need for them to be consecrated and devoted to the Lord, sending messengers and preparing people for the Passover that was required of God, and they weren't doing it. And here was Hezekiah restoring the worship that God had given to uh, the people of God, the Old Testament people of God through Moses. In chapter 31, of course, if you're going to be devoted to God, then there's no other gods that you're going to have in your life. You're going to take all of these other rival loyalties and make sure that they're not a part of your of your love and your commitment and so he cleanses the land of the idols the idols are destroyed he uh, gets donations to ca- collects money to make sure that the worship is majestic and glorious and well funded and that the levites are well funded and there was nothing more important for them to spend money on than that and that is what hezekiah makes sure happens so some really good chapters for us to look at the good season of uh, good leadership here in Judah in Second Chronicles 29, 30, and 31. Our New Testament reading is in uh, John chapter 18. We're only going to deal with the first half of the chapter, verses 1 through 23. Uh, Jesus, you remember, is now going to the cross, and after the upper room discourse, he is now going across the Kidron Valley into the garden, the garden we know of elsewhere called Gethsemane, a place uh, that the olive press was. That's what the word means. And the idea of them praying and being consecrated. It's not as long or as detailed as we see in the other Gospels, but we do recognize some very helpful things that we should know. And it's just the way it's stated in verse number four, for instance, that uh, Jesus knew all the things that were going to happen. I mean, he knew clearly what his mission was and what he was there to do. And as hard as that was, uh, he was committed to doing it. Not my will, but yours be done. And in his humanity, in his flesh as a human being, this was such a painful, horrible thing, not to mention uh, having the full weight of sin be laid upon him. It was just uh, uh, just so much there we could put between the lines of what we're reading there in John 18. Peter uh, tries to prevent him, pulls out the sword, you'll remember, and it's not that uh, there's some prohibition against, against self-defense here. It's just that Jesus kept telling Peter, that's why I'm going to Jerusalem. This is the point. This is the will of God, and Peter tries to prevent this. Uh, not a very good swordsman uh, cutting off the ear of this uh, servant. But uh, anyway, Peter is um, in his haste doing uh, something here that's working against God's will. Um, Caiaphas, the high priest, uh, and Annas, the high priest, do you remember, we've talked about that before. You can look at your study notes to see the overlapping. Uh, Caiaphas is actually the empowered high priest. Annas is uh, able to still chime in and sits there in his uh, regality or his regalia, I should say, I guess, as the... Um, um, 
former high priest and is called the high priest, like we call former presidents, uh, you know, president, whoever, President Carter or whatever, um, some past president. Uh, and so it is. Anyway, there's a historical note there. But Caiaphas is uh, going to, of course, out of jealousy and frustration, uh, want to turn him over to the authorities so that he'll be uh, crucified. And he needs that Roman approval. And we'll get to that as we keep reading. And then Peter's denial, which we knew was coming, uh, which is a sad thing, certainly in light of this strong movement of God in Hezekiah. It's interesting to see uh, Peter here uh, fail under the pressure. Our community imperative is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, which simply says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, uh, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. I just want to put the community imperative this way, our community command. Comfort each other with biblical truth. Comfort each other with biblical truth. There's a lot of sentimentality. There's a lot of platitudes that are tossed around when people are grieving. A lot of just rote kind of, you know, hallmark statements, if you will, that people just throw out there hoping they'll comfort. And biblical comfort for those who are grieving, it comes from truthful statements. Uh, I don't have a lot of hope to grant non-Christians in their time of need, but for Christians, I can speak to them about the truth, and you need to be committed to that. Uh, informed biblical truths, saying as much as we can say about what lies beyond or any loss in our lives, um, and you've got to stick with that truth. Don't fall into the pattern of the world, just letting that free-for-all theology flow when there's you know someone hurting. We just say whatever we think might help. That is not how we comfort one another. So comfort each other with biblical truth. So important. You're going to encounter grieving people and hurting people all throughout your Christian life that are going to be you know, your brothers and sisters in Christ that need comfort, and you comfort them with the the truth. And that is the most important thing. And I just can't overemphasize enough how truthful help and truthful biblical statements uh, are the thing that can really bring some lasting comfort. Uh, so there's our community imperative and our Old Testament and New Testament reading. And we'll be back tomorrow as we continue reading through the Bible.